Welcome to the New Ventures podcast. Our guest for today is Sunil Yadav, the head of building performance and sustainability in Siemens Singapore. Welcome, Sunil. Let's start by talking about decarbonization. Maybe it'll help to provide our listeners you know, some idea of how it evolved, how decarbonization as an offering evolved from the more well-known energy efficiency offerings that Siemens is known for. Thank you, Sanjoy. And first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me here. Let me talk about uh, in today's disruptive world and, and any organization's ability to grow its business while reducing the carbon footprint is the key sustainable competitiveness now. And this is why, because you know, in 2015, uh, the world has signed the Paris Agreement and Siemens has actually announced as the world's first major industrial company to be achieving uh, carbon neutrality or net zero footprint for its own operation by 2030. And, and this is what we have done for ourselves. So what we practice is what we preach for our customers. So we actually talk about this and, and we everybody know about it. We are, we are, there's nothing left un, as a secret that 1.5 degrees the world which we can sustain more than that, it is, it's not gonna sustainable for, uh, for us, for our, te- our, our children's and maybe for their children's children's. So we are talking about a world where uh, climate change is the biggest business issue a business problem or business challenge we have uh, in front of leaders and uh, one of the way uh, we aim to achieve is this by changing how we consume and buy energy and we have solutions which is like what we call it total energy management wherein we talk about reduce and procure together so when i say reduce there are technology which actually help to reduce energy consumption there are technology which actually help to produce energy as close to as as possible to the load which is on-site energy generation and we also talk about their technology which actually it gets seamless power procurement which is green and renewable and all this is not done as as like one-time effort it is a continuous effort and this is done through the distillation on top of it and to do this all what Siemens is doing actually we are actually trying to bring this with the, with the innovative uh, financial solutions so that it is easy for customer to adopt it and uh, this is how things are moving uh, on decarbonization and, and most of the larger organizations actually supporting this. So we, we call it total energy management as the best approach to, uh, to our client where uh, the world's reduce their energy and operating cost plus their carbon. So this is obviously a very useful framework to have. I mean, reduce is the energy efficiency part of it. Produce is the, you know, the renewable energy part of it. And then you, on top of that, you have digitalization, which kind of measures and tracks. And then you have financing as the fourth component. Conceptually, this is, I think, great and easy to understand. So let's talk about a potential customer. And if you, for example, were on a call with him or her today, how can you help them work with Siemens? Yeah. So first of all, this market is getting more towards this green economy. You name the bank, you name the private equity. Everybody is actually on the same direction because because uh, first of all, uh, we are not doing enough for decarbonization and, and not Siemens, but everyone, we are not enough. It's not enough. The, the ice is still melting. What we should do it, and, and one of the biggest barriers is, is financing. And uh, what uh, Singapore market is doing is actually trying to remove this barrier. And, and customers are talking about more OPEX model than CAPEX. And, and it's, 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 it's a mixed feeling. Let me give you an example of uh, hospitality. So hotels has went through, a, we everybody know that because of this COVID situation, 
world has moved and the hospitality industry has moved to a direction where uh, where you know they're struggling with the financial numbers what they and and they continue have to improve their their facility so that when they open up they are they are fully secure safe and and reliable to to have uh, accommodate the guests so in order to have that large retrofit or or uh, renovations they actually going for opex model now and which they were not so open before covid so so that that's a direction actually happening at the same time uh, not only hotel which are actually into a, in the industry which is into trouble but uh, there are uh, industry which are growing and they are they are also having the same challenge that uh, do they should focus this money into their core operations or they should put into decarbonization so thanks to uh, open financing and opex model i believe i mean i i, I love this word anything ever as a service or or energy as a service or a decarbonization as a service so the world is moving towards as a service model and this is good for for society i mean as a business it is good and this is sustainable also so i personally feel that customers are moving towards it and it has its own challenge i mean it's not so straightforward that any customer we says yeah i need financing and you do that and and the cost of capital they they're ready to pay so this is a journey which is actually comes with the similar way of experience it is not uh, what you are selling it is how you are selling i think that's that's more important and how is is uh, largely a topic of i would say it's a subjective topic that comes with relationship trust credibility and other stuff and when it comes to opex model that became more i mean it's it's a higher importance i think that's very useful to understand because you kind of help put the financing in place for an opex model also but going back to the the other two components that you talked about energy efficiency and uh, producing uh, on site and then on top of that the digitalization those are the core technology offerings so perhaps you might want to elaborate on those three things on the technology offerings a little yeah perfect so siemens got technology on every i'll say these are the three spheres reduce produce and procure and there's a larger sphere on top of it called digitalization so each sphere has its own technology a set of technology i would say when i say reduce anything and everything which consume energy there is a technology siemens has that can actually improve the efficiency of that particular machine i'm not talking about reducing the consumption but improving the efficiency of the system which is to give the same output it take less kilowatt i mean the the closest example generally we we have and in in any building or any industrial setup the largest or i would say the major energy guzzler is cooling system and in cooling system when you talk about a, a chiller plant we talk about the efficiency improvement which is kilowatt per ton rather than kilowatt hours which is consumption so we have technology called demand flow which is siemens patented technology quite powerful and quite proven technology across the world more than 700 installations across the world and that improves the efficiency of existing chiller plants or existing whole system is not required to replaced and when i say not required to replace we are talking about the embedded carbon reduction so we are not asking customers to replace their chillers to improve the efficiency we are actually improving the efficiency of the existing chiller plants and in result we are actually avoiding 
to buy a new chiller which actually comes with a lot of embedded carbon because it, the chillers take its own steel and, and carbons to, to construct and transport to the site which we are avoiding and keeping the efficiency same as a new a new machines so that's first thing and then and anything and everything which consume energy like lighting so we have solution like enlighted which is siemens company now which is a lighting control company which which actually helped to save up to 70 to 75% of uh, lighting energy and lift escalator motor pumps anything and everything which has consume energy Siemens got technology VSD drives we got our own energy efficient motors which actually take uh, largely inductive loads into the system so that's the reduced part we got and, and then and the next part what we call it produce so on site generation is important for us because uh, energy is the only field, I believe, or an only industry where whatever you produce, it gets consumed immediately. I mean, even if you produce more, it gets consumed because there's a, there's always a consumption available and, and energy is such a commodity which is get consumed. And in order to decouple this, what we need to do is we need to actually first ensure that we actually produce it on site so that we avoid transmission and distribution losses. And then we also need to decouple with the generation and energy use. So if it is solar, we say solar is only for the day. How about night? Why not we actually add solar with storage and microgrid on top of it so that you can decouple and you can utilize the solar day and night both sides. So that's what we're trying to give a more sustainable solutions. And just to give an example, the new load which is added to grid now called EV electric vehicles. So this load was not there a few years back and this is additional load is on the grid now how to handle that so right solution is basically ev plus pv plus storage plus microgrid controller on top of it so that there's no additional stuff additional load going to the grid but you handle actually at the at the building or industry at the load point itself and and avoid all kind of transmission distribution losses and siemens got technology from solar inverter to ev charger to to microgrid controllers to energy storage so we got for producing anything and everything plus the balance of plant so we we are i mean we got a full of i mean siemens is a largely a technology company we are full of that technology in, in that part and in when it comes to digitalization i believe we are one of the pioneer in digitalization where we have our own operating system called mindsphere and then we have our own uh, cloud solutions or desigo cc or on the cloud itself as a bms as a service or, or automation as a service all this are actually adding uh, adding easiness or easiness to the to the customers to adopt for for digitalization or a journey of digitalization where not only improve the operational efficiency of the plant or a building but also it actually saves a lot of energy which is actually turned down to dollar and cents and the end of the day uh, we are actually reducing the carbon from the footprints so it's it's a win-win-win uh, solution from siemens side I think you have uh, done a great job in describing all the four components, the, the digitalization technology, the energy efficiency, the, the reduction part of it, the production part of it, and of course the financing part of it. But you know, customers also require services, right? Uh, I can well imagine that a customer in his or her early stage of decarbonization would, would simply need a lot of services to understand you know, how to go about that path. So what type of services does Siemens provide in the decarbonization area? Oh, so Sanjay, so we, we are the, I believe I would, the, I would suggest there might be other companies who are doing it, but we do end-to-end -end a holistic service for decarbonization, starting from the consulting 
to design and planning to implement and then own and operate and service plus our long-term monitoring uh, contract with customer so that it's not only we achieve one time we ensure that we not only achieve decarbonization or, or a net zero we actually focus towards negative carbon or basically a, a world where uh, we are actually uh, consuming less and utilizing more so uh, that's what we are thinking of and this is what we're direction is and we we start the journey with the customer from the consulting where we actually sit down with them and and guide them or what is the first step towards this sustainability journey or decarbonation journey and we actually create a framework or a program for the next five years for example or 10 years they want to be carbon neutral by 2030 as like siemens so siemens has actually done this in 2015 and we are at 2020 we are already at 54 percent of our journey and we have to be carbon neutral by by 2030 so so journey what we have done for ourselves we can actually suggest the same thing for our customers and the consulting is where we actually help the customer for baselining first how much you're consuming total uh, carbon you're consuming which is including their embedded and operational both for scope one and scope two to start with and then from there, we actually help them uh, or, or design their glide path, how they will achieve from this baseline to the to the zero. And largely what we do is we talk about the major uh, levers or, or pillars of uh, decarbonization, like energy efficiency, on-site energy generation, or uh, procuring the green energy. With digitalization, we try to help some replace some fuels or uh, changing from natural gas or uh, fuel fuel to uh, towards electrifications because electricity can be handled through renewable but as of now there's no renewable fuel available with us i mean we all are eyeing on hydrogen but i'm not sure how long it will take to commercialize it but we are all eyeing on that till the time electricity can be renewable and we are actually putting all our efforts to electrifying stuff and then ensuring that they're running properly properly into energy efficient manner and and we're producing on site to avoid any losses and then this is how we are actually helping the journey and the last one percent or one and a half percent or a small percentage of energy which we see that can be actually done through certifications so that's also we do okay that's great to understand the end-to-end -end customer service so my next question automatically is what is the type of customer demand that you're seeing and you already obviously talked about the hospitality industry in singapore but if you can tell us a little bit more about customers in Singapore who are starting this journey with you. First of all, this is this is everybody's requirement now. We're not doing enough. All of us not doing enough. Everybody is, is going through that same direction. And this time, this is of higher importance because uh, this became a part of the ESG agenda and this became a push from the investors. But most important for everyone to do their part because uh, we are seeing that the companies or organization or, or industry which are not putting efforts on decarbonization they see reduction on their clients their customer their revenue and they're they're seeing the impact and at the same time i um, mean the latest study says that actually climate change is the biggest business challenge we have now i mean and and, and leaders understand that and this is what we're seeing that uh, this is how uh, the whole thing is driving through I see that COVID actually helped this whole thing to drive this further because uh, whatever we do in, here in, in COVID, but we at least get some kind of uh, self-realization over this time that nature is, is much bigger than all of us together. 
and we need to ensure that we actually start to live with the nature uh, rather against the nature because uh, earth is not into a problem we are into problem uh, earth has seen all this uh, multiple times but this humankind has to see how we can actually assign ourselves to it so i see on a personal level i'm having conversation with customers actually people are much more aware now and 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 thanks to the new generation i would say that the young generation is is much more aware and and conscious about this i would say i think all very interesting points i'm just trying to sort of put them in my own head one is of course the last point that you made which is uh, true about you know the younger generation clearly being more environmentally conscious than people like you and me perhaps the the second point is that you know the realization that covid uh, i mean the disruptive realization that covid has brought about to us that you know nature you cannot really disrespect nature and get away with it and the third part which was really the first point that you made which i thought was very interesting that is the push from investors push from esg related investors that is coming on to companies so all three are i think are very key drivers you know in your position you not only handle singapore but you also handle other parts of the asian economy which is of course you know got some really large uh, urban centers what are the type of customer uh, driver that you are seeing in other asian uh, countries other asian regions very interesting questions uh, i would say that uh, if i see the global economy or a gdp growth uh, actually after china us and india asean is actually number 4 in in terms of growth but question is like this whole asean region is quite fragmented so we we have singapore as a core hub of it and where uh, where market is quite competitive i would say that where uh, where everybody is eyeing on it and large organization to smes everybody is here and and it's quite competitive market in terms of getting into business of uh, decarbonization with the help of uh, opex model or different business model wherein you have uh, more supplier i would say rather than the demand so so you have a bit of competition here in singapore but there's a there's a bigger market available in asean like like malaysia like thailand that like indonesia vietnam which is actually growing up a lot so uh, just to give an uh, perspective that uh, how is the market here in in singapore and how is the market outside uh, singapore in asean region i would say there here in in singapore it's more consolidated uh, customer is educated and and they know what they they are doing and and they are actually trying to they are happy to do experiments and and some kind of you know if there's something new to be done it's it's a right playground or or experiment ground i would say wherein uh, when you go to uh, malaysia indonesia i would say it's very fragmented market who is doing business uh, if we talk about uh, large organization or like siemens or or competition around so nobody has the major dominance in these markets i would say uh, everybody is actually trying to do that and i mean if you see in the pie chart maybe the larger organizations are actually into the single digit or a, or a very merely into double digit market share but majority of i mean i would say 70% of the share is actually goes to others which is fragmented market very small players and actually they are doing it and and how they are managing it so this is the the situation in malaysia and and indonesia i mean in, in fact i would say in any developing countries things which are actually growing up they have the similar situation so there are a lot of uh, small smes actually trying to do the same space which and trying to capture the space which larger organization used to do that this situation comes then it makes a lot of sense to go for what we call local for local that makes a lot of sense i will i would say vietnam is is a, is a bit different market in whole asean uh, wherein uh, the growth is very inclusive 
rather than uh, you know fragmented uh, here in Indonesia you will also have the similar uh, thing when it comes to electrification I think the majority of the things are, are on the right track their electrification is done uh, at the base of pyramid the next uh, piece on the pyramid we call it automation so that is on the way I would say that and the top of pyramid we call it digitalization so this is the because uh, hierarchy of or, or Marshall hierarchy of electrification so we say base of the pyramid is electrification and then automation and then top of pyramid is digitalization so every country is in on a different journey uh, altogether I would say Singapore is actually uh, trying to uh, forefront the digitalization now wherein few part of the ASEAN is is uh, still don't have 100% electricity I was 100 100% so they still have electrifications which is actually around 98% or something somewhere around and then they're actually trying to push on automation and then top of it the digitalization so everybody is, is trying to do uh, their own part and and there are challenges in ASEAN where every every five years they have some challenges great we're coming to the end of this podcast so I'm very curious to learn about is data centers everybody knows the energy gathers and I know Siemens has solutions around this so could you tell us a little bit about Siemens solution in decarbonization of data centers in particular Oh, data center is, is a, I mean, this is one of the key area which is very close to my heart and uh, I've spent a good amount of time and efforts and energy in, in data centers and building data center actually. So I was, I was a project manager uh, for data center design and build. And one of the core energy consumption apart from the IT, IT load is which is actually evolving and there there's a new, new kind of servers coming up, then on-site things are coming up. One of the bigger guzzler which is which is happening across is is been always there as air conditioning or cooling as a, as a solutions. So how to avoid that and and uh, apart from the IT load which is on the technology side, this uh, PUE improvement or how would you say how do we handle cooling? So Siemens got technology like demand flow for chiller plant optimizations where we actually have either is water cold air cooled we actually do a seamlessly to improve the energy efficiency around up to 50% potential is there without replacing any equipment on on chiller plant side and this it goes seamlessly for the crack unit optimization inside which is white space cooling optimization or we call it inside the crack or air side optimization of the data centers without any impact on the SLAs and and their requirement and I have customers across uh, ASEAN where uh, we maintain uh, fantastic SLAs without any impact on 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 the comfort or or I would say that uh, the SLA requirement and we are saving on on air side itself alone itself is around 40 to 45 percent uh, of uh, energy and, and efficiency improvement and with this the PUE actually has improved from uh, almost around uh, 0.5 overall I would say that uh, from the where it was and we have actually improved by 0.5 which is a substantial number in terms of improving PUE or, or power utilization for uh, for a data center. So that's one. And then second thing which we, we talk about is uh, that's the biggest thing uh, we invest in any data center. We call it DG or diesel generators, which is largely a dead asset actually. So they've been used only when there's a there's a there's a situation when you know power quality or a power is not available or Although these data centers comes with the different source of energy from different angle. I mean, if it is a tier four data center, uh, especially a situation like Singapore, where power is reliability is there and, and resilience is there, 
with that i mean you have a large data center which has a large diesel generator sets which are actually a redundant or i would say the dead asset which is which is there how do we handle that so what we actually done is actually replacing this or a portion of diesel generator has been replaced with energy storage so we actually put energy storage with ev plus pv plus uh, storage solutions along with the microgrid so that system itself know when the data center load is low or the consumption or, or, or consumption on it side is low we can actually start charging our our uh, our batteries and ensuring when there is a there's a uh, high requirement they can actually the dense data center is actually on high load it can charge discharge itself without the need of any diesel and that's what we can say the largest step towards decarbonization in a data centers so we are actually trying to create a green data center by avoiding diesel's use and actually not avoiding but reducing to a to a large extent to to replace with the batteries and once we do that we actually we actually replace the batteries of requirement for the ups also because the same batteries which are been replaced for diesel generator they can also be utilized for ups and then you don't need a separate battery bank for ups so we that kind of embedded carbon is also been removed and this whole story actually goes along with the ti 942 the protocols and and all kind of green certifications this is very interesting just so that um, you know i understand you use the term pue could you spell that out for uh, our oh, audience pue this is actually a power utilization effectiveness of a data center so it's basically the total it load versus non it load and depending on how we are utilizing the total power so total power is is what is actually been supplied to a data center and how much portion of that is actually utilized for the it load so when you divide you'll find the the effectiveness of this power and that's what generally we use as an indicator for data centers right uh, there's an there's an calculations on on this but uh, there are different ways of calculating it but this is a general indicator and that's something which we say the best data center is where every power every kilowatt is been utilized by it itself rather than auxiliaries on, on on extra services and this is what we do we actually improve this to to come closer to one pues come closer to one yeah thank you for that the other thing of course which is more substantiated is the point that you made about replacing diesel with energy storage you know obviously a lot of people will be interested in the economics so energy storage especially if you replace ups batteries the economics of that works out in favor of energy storage as opposed to diesel backup certainly certainly it actually improve uh, not only the one is basically the diesel storage requirement and different requirement and regulations for that but at the same time diesel is the the carbon factor or the grid factor for diesel is super high compared to uh, electricity and and we can charge this storage not necessarily from the grid itself we can have on-site solar or wherever's location available on the rooftop of a data center we try to utilize that space and and see if we can actually put the charging through or, or a pv plus storage uh, solution together along with the microgrid so whenever there's a requirement we can actually do the load shading accordingly and when actually we do the complete economics of uh, removing the battery bank of ups and actually putting a a large battery bank or a large battery storage in order to avoid diesel generators and and the battery bank the, i mean end of the day it's in the opex model this makes more sense 
to have a large energy storage on site rather than a dead asset like diesel generators, which is there. I mean, recently done a data center, just to give an example, wherein you have uh, 3000 KVs, almost 3000 KVs, like eight DG sets, which is only been, will, will kick in only when there's a power issues and that power issues hardly happen in Singapore. So in that situation, how do we ensure that we actually, you know, handle this properly? And there's a lot of energy required to you know, bring this diesel set to the site and, and, and construct diesel sets. So can we avoid that with a, with a clean way of doing it? And in case there is a power disruption, you can always have a clean and power supplies. And, and believe me, when it, there's, there's a power fluctuation happens, energy storage is 100 times faster response than the diesel generator sets, just to give a perspective. Right. So operational effectiveness as well as cost effectiveness. So my last question is, you know, your company's APAC headquarters is Singapore. You personally have been in Singapore for a long time. How does being located in Singapore help? You know, in particular, what are the types of things that you can do in Singapore that you could not have done elsewhere? Singapore is a land of opportunities. I mean, first of all, uh, I mean, as I rightly said, if you have something new, you want to experiment and you want to do something, people are very receptive about it. If you have a new technology, you want to really, you know, pitch in and, and want to do an POC, people are quite receptive about it and they want to give you opportunity. I mean, I have I've seen customers who say like, even if you have the concept level, you want to do it, try love, no problem. So that's something which is which is there available. The second thing is, I believe uh, Singapore is well respected on the region itself, uh, in the ASEAN region itself, and we call it gateway to Asia. So once you are proven here, it became much easier for you to go and take this case study to the rest of the ASEAN. People actually uh, respect that credibility. And uh, once you have that credibility, people start trusting you. You become a trusted advisor. So Singapore actually play an important role while while driving the whole ASEAN economy in a way, because uh, what we do here, it can be easily preached inside the ASEAN other regions. So it makes a lot of sense actually. So I personally feel it's it's a it's a one thing which you cannot do anywhere else. You can you can do only in Singapore. And uh, and thanks to all kind of ecosystem, I would say that if you want to start up a company. If you want to get into a, I would say, hackathon or, 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 or some kind of a, a smaller way of getting into it and want to make it uh, large, I think Singapore is the right market to, to start your business. The whole ecosystem actually support you. So starting from the government to the infrastructure to, to support in terms of your customers and completely all the stakeholders in this whole journey from banks to the, to the service provider, everybody is, is actually linked to it. And it's quite digitalized in a way that uh, you don't feel that it is a hassle. In fact, just to give an idea, you can actually register your company in, in one day and, and you can start operation from the day two. So it's it's so easy to do business. I mean, I would say in, in the if you see the ease of doing business index, Singapore is actually on the top of it. And so it's always been trying to do uh, uh, ease of doing business and which is not possible in the rest of the world, I would say. That's the reason I, I feel that this is what uh, unique things Singapore offer. Another uh, economical culture efforts, which is actually make it more unique because it gives a lot of opportunity for people to innovate and flourish. And, and the society is quite, quite receptive about it. With that, thank you very much, Sunil, for joining us today. Thank you, Sanjoy. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>